0: This is the average Guy network and you have found home gadget geeks show number 474 recorded on january 7th 2021 here on home gadget geeks we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find. Home. News reviews, product updates, and conversation all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Carlson, broadcasting live from the average guy.tv studios here in a pretty chilly, Mike. Pretty chilly Bellevue, Nebraska. Winter has settled in. We got eight inches of snow right before. Was that right before Christmas or after? Uh, before? Oh, man, that was so long. I think right after. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, I was taking the trash out for post Christmas. Yep. And it just dumped on us uh, here. It's still oh, around, though. Yeah, no Melting off now, but still, still around. A little bit of rain today. It was kind of, kind of, I don't know. It's, it's been in a weird spot, but I liked it. I mean, it was great to have, I don't know, we got eight inches, maybe six, seven, eight inches, which was pretty nice, I think. And, uh, and of course, what is also nice is the show notes. We post the show notes out at the theaverageguy.tv at the beginning of the year, Mike. You know what we got to think about it every time at the beginning of the year? Yeah, you guessed it. A little hello fresh. <laughs> what What do you think of that? You know, uh, I like the banner. Oh, uh, pretty sweet, huh? Yeah, it's always been there. I just, I was, (laughs) (laughs) during the break, I I was thinking like, what could I do different in 2021? I'm like, hey, they got banners, so we'll give some banners a try. You know, we, uh, I still have a bunch of coupon codes and all kinds of things for you guys to try out HelloFresh. It was just a great reminder. This holiday season, while we were doing all our Christmas stuff, um, you know, we do two meals a week. There's four of us here right now, Sarah, Tim, Sam, me. And man it is really nice to have two nights a week figured out right just they're fig- you don't think about it you just set the meat out to thaw especially cuz I'm home all the time at noon set the meat out to thaw then uh, at 5:15 like clockwork I've grabbed the bag take it up holler at Samantha she comes out we chop everything up put it in cook it it's pretty delightful. Um, We'll get to this in a second. I got Sarah a, a, a big Christmas gift of of a wine fridge. So we'll talk about that here a little bit later. So, and we've been picking wines for them, too, and that's super great. So if you want to give it a try, if you're just kind of tired of, come on, guys, so, some of you are really eating bad. I'm not saying you're going to lose weight doing this. Everybody else is trying to do it, but it's some really good food the hello hellofresh if you want to save 40 bucks if you contact me directly i can most of the time get you a code to try it for free might in the new year might be something to uh to try out and, and to get it done mike did you guys do you have any new new year stuff that you're at home that you're trying uh, family-wise or any new resolutions <sighs> so
1: speak uh no Han, you know Hannah and i aren't big on the resolutions we <laughs> mainly because we are we're so bad at resolutions like we just yeah. we came to terms with the fact that you know we should just start new things no matter when it is during the year so uh we've been trying to do things a little bit healthier lately but we started that probably back in november um just kind of cleaning up some of our stuff but no like we we you know, my resolution is to not spend as much on technology this year I, I was looking back at some of the expenses from last year i'm like oh i got into a lot of. uh a lot of really new stuff. I'm, I'm off to a bad start.
0: <laughs> like, I don't know if it's because I was, I was bored. I have to be careful because Sarah's on the other side of the wall. I don't know if it was because it, I, um, I was, it was the holidays. I was home a lot. I was bored. I, I got involved in some projects and the pre-show we're talking a little bit about doing some of this hard, hard drive mining crypto work. And I was like, you know, I was pretty happy with what I had, but this man, this gave me some opportunities to try some new things. And, for whatever reason, I haven't been as tight about that as I have been in the past. And so we're gonna I'm gonna show some of those things as we go. But so Maybe a little less of it. You, you say that, but do you think you can do it?
1: Well, so, so I set a rule of if I want because so, what I learned about me, Jim, is it's not big ticket items that get me in trouble. It's all of the little sub $150 items that you just kind of order. Yes. Oh hard drives, all that stuff. So I just, and my problem is I just, I think about it. Like how many, there have been, this is bad countless times I have been laying in bed trying to fall asleep. And I'm like, Ooh, wait, that would be cool. And I ordered off Amazon. And so my rule is if I really want it, I'm going to wait 48 hours because I'm, you know, me in like ADD with hobbies and Ooh, I kind of want to start that hobby. So if I wait 48 hours and I still want it, Uh, Then think about it more. I'm trying to wait, hold off on that button, and it's worked actually quite a bit. There's been a lot of stuff. Uh, I recently got into duck and goose hunting, and there's so much money you can spend on duck and goose hunting. Um, And so I've been waiting on things. And okay, that that was a lot better because two days from now I didn't. I realized I didn't need that. It's just a want. So getting a little better on the spending front.
0: You would uh, my brother. You'd enjoy hanging out with my brother. He is the exact opposite of me. So he's an outdoors (laughs) guy. He's a hunter. You know, he's a, he's a man's man. And uh, he's a duck hunter. And so he's got a Black Oak Farms down in Oklahoma that uh, he and his wife, Monica, uh, co-partner on. And they got kind of a whole hunting experience farm going on. So you can go down, stay at the farm. They feed you. You can hunt down there. It's pretty cool. Now, that'd be great. You'd think the pandemic could slow him down. no. No,
1: probably picked up. People have time to kind of, and maybe they can even work remotely a little bit if they want to
0: at night. Right. Right, And it's there, it's not a condensed packed, you know, you're talking about just a couple people at a time uh, doing the experience. So, um, well, okay. So you you and I both uh, probably have, I did really good last year, but man, the holiday season, I've, I need to kind of tighten that up. Uh, one of the things, a the, uh, new thing I also want to do this year is, on the live show, if you're watching the video, big thanks to our Patreon uh, supporters. Uh, if you support uh, the show, and you support it at $5 or more, your name is now scrolling on the bottom. I just use first name, because I didn't ask permission to use everybody's last name. Uh, but it's down there. It'll scroll for a little while. I want to thank you for doing that. Uh, there, there is really now just a $5 level. If you came in uh, a little lower, keep it if you want to. But Move up to the $5 level, I'll also send you one of our Home Gadget Geeks coins, those little um, uh, 3D printed coins um, that Ron printed for us. And I've got, guys, I actually have some, and I've got some envelopes i bought just for them. And and I now that I know how much postage it costs, <laughs> I'd love to send you one. So if you want to join us at the $5 level, jump in there. Uh, U.S., for those coins, it's a little harder to ship them international, but... Uh, thanks for doing that. Big thanks to our Patreon supporters, especially as we just think about, Mike, we finished up 10 years of this and I think we've been doing 10 years. I mean, I think we've been doing Patreon for four of it, maybe four or five. Wow. Has it been that long already? It's been around that long. I don't know, I have to go back. Probably. Yeah. 17, maybe 16. So four or five years. I don't know. Uh, but, but big thanks to all of you who, uh, who listen every week. Who support us. You don't have to, but uh, we appreciate it when you do. And thanks for doing that. We will be planning a Patreon meetup of some kind coming up here. I was kind to trying to do that in early January. I just kind of lost track. So we'll be, uh, watch your email feed um, for that as well. Mike, do you get any, um, you get any cool gadget gifts uh, for Christmas? Uh, let's kind of, let's start with that, just kind of talking a little bit about Christmas gadget gifts. Any, Santa bring anything? Uh, gadget gifts wise,
1: uh, not a lot. I got my wife a rocket book and those are actually really cool. Oh, yeah. So if you haven't oh, looked yeah. at them, they're, they're pretty simple. Uh, i am surprised how cheap these things are now. Now. So it's just one of those, you know, regular notepads, but this one's kind of cool. Cause you can wash off the ink. So it's got like 30 pages. You use a wet rag and you can wipe it right off. Uh, but my wife liked that you can write with a regular pen. On it, So it's, well, a regular style pen. It's a certain, I think it's the pilot friction pens is what you can use on them. Uh, And then you can scan those pages into your phone and organize them and send them to all your different cloud services. So got that for her. For me, uh, I got a new Western Digital four terabyte drive as a gift. Yeah. So here's the right. That's pretty much exact when I got her. And pretty cool. What I like about that RocketBook too is, you know, there's there's really not nothing too fancy about it. I'm glad they're the price they are because the app is really just a scanner app. I mean, you could use Nextcloud, OneDrive, you know, to scan those in. Uh, but on the bottom of each page, there's like these little check symbols, and depending on which one you check when you scan it, it'll automatically either like each you can program each one of those check symbols to do something. So email it to a certain email, upload it to a certain you know Google Drive, iCloud uh nextcloud whatever you want. And so it was kind of cool. So at the end when she's done with the meeting at the very bottom, she just check marks the things she wants and and that's useful for her because she does a lot of meetings with her boss on because they do a lot of presentations together. And so she can just check mark one box when she scans it, it'll automatically email those notes to her to her boss. Which is just kind of nice, saves a step. Um so so she really likes that. And then the searchability is really nice in the Rocketbook app. Uh pretty cool so for 24 bucks not bad and then uh she she also got um airpod pros so oh, she right. was got her got her a set of those she was, she's been wearing mine like all the time and so i was like you know what it's time you have your own and she loves cleaning the house with her airpods and listening to her uh, harry yeah, potter right. audiobooks right That's kind of her thing and then uh, a western terabyte 4 terabyte red, drive red, black blue yep, red 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 and uh i actually so it was interesting i i didn't know what i needed as far as I I was looking to replace a failed drive. So when I put it on my Christmas list, I had been looking to replace a failed drive that was failing. Um, Then it failed on me. So I actually needed to replace it before Christmas. So I had already ordered a replacement. um, And actually, (laughs) it's a long convoluted way of saying that I ordered a replacement off Amazon so I could have the replacement right away. Because obviously my data was being, um, what's it called, the... Whatever unrate is when your when your data is not there, it was it was using the parity disk oh, uh, yeah. to say it was there. And I can't remember what that was. A, hey, it's emulated. Called, emulated yeah, yeah, it was emulated. So I got that drive the next day from Amazon, replaced it, so it was all good. Then I sent the failed drive into Seagate. Um, this that has taken a long time. I just mm. got the notification that the RMA was shipped back to me, and I did that RMA back. I want to say beginning of December. So I know the holiday season was probably tough for them, but uh, it was a long replacement time for an RMA on a Seagate. They are replacing it because uh, it, was, it was only a year and a half old. So they're sending me a new one. But then I got this new one for Christmas because I'd obviously put that on my Christmas list. So I actually added a second parity drive to Unraid, which is oh. one, something I had never really thought about doing. But now with two parity drives in Unraid, I can lose two discs and be totally fine. And I have a lot of old drives in my Unraid. Yeah. And a lot of drives that are the same age. So yeah. I'll, I was like, you know what? There's a very high likelihood that if one of my drive fails again, mm-hmm. um, it, another one could at the very same time, especially because rebuilding puts a lot of stress on the other drives. Cause it has to pull all that parity data from every single drive to rewrite. So you're reading a ton from all the drives, so now have a second parity disk in there, which allows me to have two drive fault tolerance on the Unraid box, which is which is kind of nice. It was a little like, okay, well, now what I do because I didn't need an extra four terabytes of storage. I still have eleven terabytes free, which is more than enough for me. Uh, so yeah, adding in a second parity was I think a good option for that red drive.
0: I've um I've been digging these. So this is an eBay. These are Hitachi or HG um, HGST. These for four terabytes. Um, they you know, and you can get them, uh, sometimes they're new, sometimes they're refurbs, sometimes they're used, you know, types, but if you, you kind of watch this and like right now, four terabytes is the sweet spot. We're talking 60 bucks. You probably yeah. like there are a hundred or more if you're buying them new. They you are. Yeah. It. Those reds, the, I think it was yeah. a red
1: pro even. So that's like 120. I want to say for four terabytes. Yeah. Brand new from Amazon.
0: Right. So th- that's pretty, that's pretty average price. Um, Walmart, I just showed 118 at Walmart, if you want to buy it there, uh, here in the U.S. But these, um, these drives, these 70, they're 7200 RPM, 64 mega They're enterprise class is what they say, kind of heavy duty. They're kind of built, they're, they were kind of built to be in data centers. Mm-hmm. And of course, data centers are rolling all these things out. And so there's just a, an abundance of these and mike this is kind of where i've gone uh it's a really good deal a lot, a, a lot of what i'm doing um the for the for the drobo um when i'm i've been replacing all the drives in the drobo with 4 terabyte drives i get the slower spinning ones they call them cool spin uh on this side and they say they're not as, they're not as hot you know it sits inside that drobo and I, and i to be honest with you i don't need speed in there to to be honest like the drobo slows it down naturally right. i don't need 7200 rpm drives in there doing it. Um, but this has been, this has kind of been what my go-to on, on um, uh eBay hash. And I, man, I've had really, 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 really good luck. We talked about, um, as far as getting great drives, one of the tools I've been using when I get a new, when I get a drive off eBay, I've been using uh, Crystal Disk Mark to the, and Crystal Disk Info to run it on there, right? It goes in and it shows you a whole bunch of things. What I've been looking at is the number of hours these drives have been spinning. And then, um, well, on one of the slow days during the holidays, I thought, you know, I'm going to build, oh, I should probably do this. on, let me, let's see, do I have this? Up did you somewhere? build a spreadsheet to track I this? Build, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So a spreadsheet model, every single model, what they, what their specs are. So their, you know, their speed, how much, how much uh, cash they have on them. Then I did some ATTO testing on them to say, okay, what are they, what, what are, what are we really seeing from a benchmarking perspective? And I took a few kind of benchmark speeds that were in there. And, um, in, in, but the, the thing I started looking at is the number of hours. Like, you know, when you're buying new, you know, it's going to have zero or one or something on there. But like some of my drives, I have an 84,000-hour drive. Like, <laughs> I one, I've had it for a long time. Two, they just run all the time, right? In my, in my environment, they're running all the time we mentioned it in a pre-show, but on, on eBay, I also bought a Drobo deal and it came with four 2 terabyte drives. And, um, you know, $200 deal with the Drobo. I'm going to sell the Drobo and hopefully make that back. If I don't, it's still a great deal. Mike, uh, one of the things I tested, so I put all the, all these in and ran uh, the disk info on them, just to see what kind of hours were on them. Uh, the most, the most one had was 1300 And now these were drives that were, they're, they're 2013 drives. So they're seven years old and they got 1400 hours. I've, my average drive speed, not that I calculated this on my spreadsheet that I put together, but my average is 64,000 on my drives, right? To, to be able to pick up drives, like I just got lucky again, but maybe 2021 is going to be my year of luck. Like maybe everything's going to be lucky. Good Drobo deals, good, Bitcoin deals. But I think, Mike, that was one of those things. As you think about your Unraid box and the drives you're putting them in, how how long have those things been on, right? You know, kind of knowing it's like changing the oil, right?
1: It is. You know, Unraid spins them down when they're not in use. Since it's not typical Raid, it doesn't need those running all the time, which is nice. So I think when you use Unraid, your hours are probably less than normal, but even on on those drives that you were reading from, that's only I had to do the math, but fifty-eight days of runtime. And those are probably in a data center where they're on all the time, right? Yeah. Not so, not okay.
0: in something like Unraid. So this came from a these two terabytes came from an individual. And I, I don't even know how you'd have like I have a feeling he bought them new. And they've been sitting in a drobo that hasn't been turned on. Yeah. Like, that's, that, or does Drobo spin the drives down when they're will, not being accessed? It will spin them down. So maybe he so just it never
1: maybe, was yeah. accessing the data.
0: Yeah, but to get to get hard drives used that have less than 1500 hours, yeah, like I, I kind of lucked out on that one. Now, that being said, um, you know, my other drives are you know, they're in the 40, 60, got a few that are in 80, they test fine. You know, they're still, they're still cranking along. But it's it was kind of, for me, you know, I, I've got so many of them now. It just was helpful to put a spreadsheet together to kind of start saying, okay, what is what, and where do I have it, and what am I using it for? Kind of data stored on it, and how many hours are on it? And to your point, this is what really struck me is what you said is, I could lose one of those drives. Am I, like, do I need to be more careful about where I put it? Yeah. Kind of based on that.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, and so I like your spreadsheet idea because I'm, I'm the same way. I, when I, so when I went to go replace that drive that had failed two things for me, number one, I had totally forgotten about what drives I'd replaced and which ones I had not over the years. I, I thought for sure I had these two WD yellow enterprise drives from a long time ago and they weren't in there. I'm like, Oh, I must've needed to replace those at some point and didn't know. Like I have no idea what was even in my box the second thing for me was I need to actually label. So I have that Rosewill massive, I think it's a 12 or 15 mm-hmm. bay server mm-hmm. case, but they're not hot swappable on the front. So to actually replace drives, you have to remove the lid of the server and pop out the drive trays. Well, I had I have never written which one is which and Unraid tells you which one's failing with the ID of it. So if I just put that ID on stickies, cause I literally, it was the last drive I pulled. It's every time, Jim, when you go to pull something out, I pulled out 10 drives. It was the 11th drive that I pulled out. That was finally the one that had failed. And of course I have to deconnect and
0: reconnect all those. So Sometimes it is labeled for you, you know, depending on the drive, you can see, you know, there'll be a, There'll be a label. Now this doesn't tell you'd have to go in and see which disc it was. right? Oh you yeah.
1: Well, no, it, it says it, but I'm saying like I had to pull each drive out of yeah. the tray right. to see if I just said on, if I had labeled on the top of the server, Hey, yeah, this right caddy right. has right. this drive, this drive, this drive in slots, one, two, three. That's what I need to do. And I, and you know, I told myself, well, when I replace this drive, I'm going to do that. I didn't. I was a rush. I just put the lid back on, closed it. And now I still don't know where all my drives are in there. So now, we,
0: even <laughs> so, color coded and everything, Jim. Well, you don't go lightly on Excel sheets. Oh, no, when I started getting going, you know what's in the Drobo and the the new drives I just picked up are down below here, and just you know some indication. It just it was one of those like I I, I kind of need to know. I just got stuff everywhere, and I, mm-hmm. I that's my mo. That's this is. I Listen, I'm not normally a spreadsheet guy, <laughs> but this is. As I started working on this project, I just thought you know I should probably get a handle because in the, in the Chia project that, that, that Ken and I are working on, kind of the better drives you want to put in a position that, you're, you know, when you're processing the plots, that's mm-hmm. the most intensive part of the whole thing. Once the plots are done, you just, you can put them on any, it doesn't matter as long as they can get to them, <laughs> what, what drives they go onto? So I got me thinking, okay, what are my fast drives? And then what are my not so fast drives? And I kind of need to prioritize if I'm throwing crappy drives at the plotting, then the plotting goes slower. And that day over day over day over day, that can make a big difference if I can get it from 18 hours to 12 hours. Okay, well, that day over day, that's significant, right? I can start really beginning to, and it's power consumption. So if I can get it done faster, it's less power than I'm using. And those drives are better. So it's just one of those moments that I've been doing this for about two months. But, but, no, I don't know. I guess it was early in the week, early this week. Yeah, maybe Monday or Tuesday in the evening. I was like, you know, I'm going to put this spreadsheet together. And So maybe just a good idea, if you've got a lot of drives or you're working on that, just get an inventory, sit down. That, um, you know, uh, the the Crystal Disk info um, uh, gets that super easy for you. Just start it, it finds all your drives, and then it gets all that information. Pl- By the way, there's other plenty of other ways to get that done. But, um, that was uh, that was super helpful to me and kind of fun, super nerdy. Uh, but uh, but I like you, Mike, uh, that's like you know, I got another drive for the Drobo coming tomorrow that's gonna go in and give it more space and you know, so I've been planning but let's let me be really clear. it has been super fun. Like I think the most fun I've had with my stuff in the last five years has been over the last three months. Of doing this kind of stuff. So, yeah, no, no regrets there. I, uh, it's, it's, it's super fun. And um, one of the things that, um, well, and we're not going to talk about this in depth, but, but I will mention one of the things I got that I put on my list that showed up was a meter plus. And we've been talking about these, you know, this is a a thermostat or a, a um, what do we call these things? They are a temperature Thermometer. thermometer thank you. <laughs> Totally, I was like, "What? What do we call these things? They're a thermometer. The meter plus has a sensor in the top and in the bottom, so it does ambient temperature on the outside. It does meat temperature on the inside. Uh, Wi-Fi enabled. Uh, you can use your Bluetooth to extend it. It's, <laughs> dude, it's super cool. Now I have yet to jam this in a in you know in a chicken yet, so I got some work to do. But I'm uh, really excited. I had been using uh, the iDevices iGrill." And by the way, which I still really like, Bluetooth enabled, so a little more difficult, you get too far away from it and you lose connection. And, you know, one of the things I like about the, the meter, the meter plus, is you can hop connections in there. So if you've got it, mm-hmm. it's, it's Bluetooth. If you can go to a Bluetooth that has Wi-Fi, it'll hop and you'll get even a farther distance. So you can get, you can read this thing a little bit farther away. And so the base station is the very first part, right? So you have the meter in there. Then this goes to your phone, and then the phone can go to Wi Fi. And there's just tons of stuff that you can do to extend the range. This was the hard, this was what was bad about this. It's only like a 30 foot range. And then I'd come down to the basement and be like, yeah, I don't know. And I'm like, well, I don't, I want to be down here. Yeah. Cooking out there, right? So, so my
1: trick with that is so you put the meter in the meat. You mm-hmm. stick that base on the grill so it's right next to it. Cause that the the probe to that is really the short distance. Yeah. Then I I have a tablet that's just always on in the right. in the house. That is what's receiving the Bluetooth. Mm-hmm. And since that's connected to Wi Fi, you can be anywhere in the world because yeah. that's connected to the internet at that point. So the tablet to me, then I because I have my phone on me, so I constantly walk out of Bluetooth range from that sensor. But if it's on a tablet, that's just constantly close enough to it in the house. Um, so that's what I do. I, I run the cook on the tablet because I know the tablet's not going to move, but I'm going to yeah. be walking around the house. I'm going to leave with my phone and I don't want it to lose connection. So that's why I really like having that extra little tablet there. Um, and then I monitor it from work. So I'll do a smoke, do that. And now, Jim, you can go to work and you've got your phone on you. As long as you started it on the tablet at home, you're good to go. Yeah. I wonder, I don't know if they have an Android app. Are they iOS only? Uh, I don't know. I, the to, tablet I run is an iPad, so I don't know. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think they do. I think they do. Uh, the, I assume the, so. The base is just an incredible craftsmanship on the base, right? It just, little magnet uh, pops on the back, batteries in there. It's just beautiful. So um, that was by far favorite gift. Now, don't get me wrong. I got some Baileys, and I got some Old Forester bourbon, and I got some... Um, uh, the kids got me some jefferson's a bourbon barrel uh a cast cask strength bourbon. Mm-hmm. Okay, those were good too. Don't get me wrong. I bet those were super good, but uh, uh super fun to get the to get the meter. So you'll hear more about that coming up, but definitely uh definitely one of my favorite gadgets. It's amazing um, kind of coming out of that. One gadget, Mike, that got me a lot of work uh, to do. So <laughs> like, I I did not anticipate this uh, happening at all. Let me, let me shop sharing here, and let me bring this up here, is, um, I thought it'd be a great idea to get Sarah a wine fridge. Like, you know, um, uh, you know, electronically controlled, you can set the temperature on what you want. We don't, you know, we don't drink that much. So 18 bottles was good. Just a great opportunity to, to get in there and, uh, and try something new. So, uh, ordered it and I was uh, a little, um, you know, at first I was kind of like, ah, you know, I had ordered a generator from Lowe's and they broke it twice <laughs> delivering it. Like UPS is not good at heavy things. No, just not. They just, they're not. So um, I was thinking, ah, I hope this thing is glass. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> You know, so uh, it came and I was going to open it the morning it came. I was going to open it and just inspect it. But Sarah was, it came on a Saturday. She was up. I had to get it wrapped. So like, I, I didn't want her to see this thing. So I quick wrapped it. And so I, we, we opened it on Christmas morning. Is a miracle. It was, it was actually, it was perfect. Right? So I'm like, she's like, where are we, we're we going to put this? I was like, well, it's really kind of your choice. And she's like, "What well, kind of like it in the kitchen. And I said, oh, it could, it could go like right here in the kitchen, except there's no power right there. So I was like, okay, well, I uh, started looking around. Oh, well, I lucked out again. There's power on the other side of the wall. I could just go, I could, you know, I could punch in the wall, <laughs> run tap a wire, in. tap it in, come yeah. in. Okay, that's cool. And then while I was thinking, okay, you know, while I'm in there. We've got this, it's sitting right next to this base cabinet. There's no power up there. I'll just run in line down and in there, right. Cut another hole, put power in that. That was kind of the easy stuff. Then we thought, you know, this looks kind of silly over here without anything around it. We should put some new cabinets in. <laughs> so <laughs> this, <laughs> this was a give a mouse a cookie type of project. Dude, huh? Dude, it got, it got totally out of hand. So, so I, the night before the snowstorm, I went, I ordered on, uh, uh, from uh, Home Depot, uh, three new cabinets. So, Two uppers and a big pantry cabinet, and I was like, "Well, it's going to snow the next day. I better go get these." Well, Home Depot had them
1: ready, in like. 10 well, now minutes. I need a snowblower to snow blow my drive. <laughs> so I so,
0: so go <laughs> out, almost, almost. So I go out and pick out the uh, the, the the counters we in uh, the the cabinets, and Tim helps me put them in in the house. And then a couple days later, I spent a full day putting them in. And then you're like, "Well, we need some under under cabinet <laughs> lighting, <laughs> right?" So, I start like it seriously is a project that just one thing I still have to put the uh, trim down on this thing, but but we are mostly done. But is the wine fridge uh, even in there now? It is. Uh, okay. You know, okay. One, one of the things, yeah, let me, um, one of the cool things that that came out of it, let's see, let me go back to Amazon and we'll go to orders. I shouldn't show this publicly because it's really kind of sick. Um, uh, how, how much stuff I've been buying lately, but so, um, in the fridge, in that area, I didn't want it on the floor. I kind of wanted to elevate it on a stand. And so we we I saw this stand at uh it on Amazon, 70 bucks, 65, let's say, 65.99. And it was the perfect size for both the fridge and a little container. You know, we put glass, we put our wine glasses and you know, bottles and stuff in like a container. Yeah. And that container perfectly fit. Again, I just I've been it's been like a a little
1: liquor corner. I mean it's got wine.
0: No. So when I put the cabinets in, she moved we have like a yeah, we have kind of like a bar station now in the kitchen. Super great. Empty bottles go in here, it slides in, they're covered. It's it's pretty great. And so um that that is in between we have a cabinet, that's in the middle, a big pantry, and then and then um uh, upper cabinets across the top. I was really surprised I got those in. But after you're done installing the cabinets, I know this has never happened to you, but after you're done installing cabinets, I looked at the other cabinets and I'm like, oh, those cabinets are crooked.
1: <laughs> like those need you go.
0: <laughs> those are crooked. Now, no, no replacement on them. But I did spend an afternoon completely like taking the screws out, jacking them around so they would get square and plumb and The guy who'd put them in before me, they weren't quite just exactly even. There were some spots underneath where you could feel the two cabinets, you know, I'm I'm in there jacking up cabinets to get them fixed and stuff. In the end, it's a beautiful, it's a, it was a beautiful fix, but it was one of those things where, you know, one gadget... Right. Led to, well, uh, you yeah, know, this. this how, so, how
1: long from start to finish was this project? It's so, from the sure. time you. Sure. Uh, <laughs>
0: all the things I bought.
1: <laughs> <laughs> from the time you got the wine fridge out and put it there and realized you needed to punch
0: a hole for power to the time it's all done, was this a week? It's a week. Okay. Yeah. It was probably a week. And not working on it like I'd work on it in the afternoons. Right. Type deal. So. Um, but just kind of a, you know, I was actually surprised. I, usually I don't, I don't do well at those kinds of things. That just has not been my forte. Right. One of the things I learned is if I just slow down, if I'm, cause I'm always in a hurry to get it done. And when you're in a hurry to do those kinds of things, you always screw it up. And with these, I, um, I watched a bunch of YouTube videos to start with. I'm like, okay, how should I install these cabinets? So I watched a whole bunch of different ways of people doing it. And I picked what I liked, and then I just did it. And, you know, I was countersinking the the screws. You know, I have to put a screw between two cabinets that come together. So I was drilling those out and countersinking them and then putting the screws in. It looked just super nice. I could, you know, I could put a piece, a little piece of wood in there if I wanted to. I'm not gonna, because that's just too, that's over the top. But, um, yeah, I just took my time with it, you know, and it, it, it turned out, uh, it turned out pretty nice. I think one of the other things then that, in all of that, I've been trying to get out on the deck still, but it's been cold. So we've been trying different gadgets to get that done as well. And Mike, this may be something you think about a little bit for your deck is just a single. This is just a 15,000 BTU heater that sits on top of a of a regular, um, you know, propane. I think tank. I was the one who told you about these. Were, were you? Okay, good. During
1: during a show.
0: Oh, I think so. Okay.
1: Okay. Yeah. I remember I bringing this up
0: to someone recently. I bought them. Does it work? They're great. Okay. Yeah. Good. I'm glad they it. actually work. They, yeah, no, they are really, really, really good. So I, um, And I do you have the
1: single version like this? Cause I've I seen do. some That's
0: where there's duels. Yeah, they do have duels. Um, uh, the two, I, I thought I want to try a single first and just see, uh, see what kind of heat that thing puts out and, uh, actually put it outside the, um, uh, I was enjoying a candle with Ed Sullivan, uh, in, in my, in my shed. The that took day. me a second. <laughs> if you're new to the show, that's the, that's the, code word word. that's the code word we use. So we don't get booted off YouTube, uh, for cigars. And, um, I'm really not that worried about it. And, um, so I just put it outside the door and then, and then, uh, uh, kind of pushed that in towards me. And it was really, really nice. About 30, It's like 33, 34 degrees outside, and it was keeping the shed warm enough. I did, I am buying a CO2 uh, detector to put in the shed just to make sure I'm not (laughs) killing myself. And I'm not closing it up and those kinds of things. But yeah, so Mike, if this was your recommendation, really, really good recommendation. And one that you can, like, if you're outside, you can get that thing, you know, kind of closer to you. And it kind of kind of warms you up nicely. So,
1: yeah, this is got- my plan for actually for uh, the uh, the goose blind. So I'm going to goose hunting next week. And I was like, oh, what should I do? And they make the little tiny ones that run off the tiny bottles. Uh, but number one, those are expensive. And number two, those tiny bottles don't last very long. I think this, you kind of reminded me, I kind of forgot about these. But we had talked about it a while ago. I might grab one of those because for a, a duck blind outside, it'd be perfect. So it's got to make sure you don't shoot the propane tank, but uh, no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> probably wouldn't be the, yeah. Good. Yeah. It's got a safety mechanism in there. You need to make sure you take a lighter with you. Cause that's how you, you it doesn't have a self lighter. Um, Oh, that one doesn't. No, no. Okay. They do hole. make models
1: that do, it has a little yeah. red light, like, little you know, the little ones that you like are on the grill.
0: Yeah. That one looks like it does on the side, the little red button. No, no, that's no? the primer. So you push that and then see that. Let's see this little hole right here. Yeah, you, you push one of those lighters or a match through there, and it yeah, it, it. Light, it lights the lights the tank. Okay, forty five dollars. By the way, use honey or one of those kinds of coupon sites. Oh yeah,
1: because Harbor Freight always has a ton uh-huh. of coupons. Yeah, yeah,
0: and so I got it, it covered my uh, shipping and tax. The coupon,
1: and I know we've uh, talked about it, but while we're talking about it, give me one second.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah as mike is getting something from the back from the back deck let's get rid of this
1: okay so while we're talking about harbor freight I just want to bring these up again cuz they don't get enough credit if you need a hard sided case mm. to put like electronics in this is from harbor freight and it's the apache so this is the 3800 I have so this is what I take my ham radio in when I do out in the field and it is Awesome for the price. I want to say, man, we should look it up. I think it's like, it was like $40 right around there. It's got the pick foam on the inside. So you pick it exactly to the shape of what you're doing. So this is exactly fits your ham radio. So, or whatever you want to do. So that fits my ham radio. Um, Nice and snug on both sides. Supposed to be water resistant. Now I haven't tested that aspect. I know some people have, and they said it's fine. Um, little knob you turn there, and it makes it water resistant. This is one of my favorite Harbor Freight purchases I've ever made, uh, just because it is so much cheaper than like Pelican. Now I'm not saying it's the same quality as Pelican, but a lot of us don't need the quality of Pelican. Um, you know, I don't. I don't know if I would trust this thing on to put it onto a plane, uh, like in the bottom checked luggage, like you do with Pelican stuff. I might. Um, but especially for just throwing stuff in your car, I think of a lot of like hunters who are now taking cameras out in the field to record their hunts. Perfect for that. Uh, love those.
0: Uh, if you don't have a local Harbor freight in your area, they'll ship to you here, at least here in the United States. And I do, but it did, they didn't have any of those, um, heaters locally. No surprise. It's hunting season. It's being outside season. Yeah. Right. Um, so, uh, they shipped one, came fast. And, uh, and like I said, it was 45 bucks. So not a bad way to stay warm. I ordered the CO2, battery-operated CO2, because I want it to, I want it sitting in the shed while I'm out there. And then while it's running, I just, again, I just want to make sure I don't <laughs> asphyxiate myself while I'm out there or, or using that thing, because we're, it's, it is an enclosed area, and there is warnings about not using it in an enclosed area. So I'm like, well, okay, let me just make sure I was, when I was spending time with Ed, he's like, you know, you should probably just make sure you're not doing that. So uh, we'll be, we'll be putting that in um, here this, I think it'll come on Saturday, that CO2. Um, Mike, back to, I want to talk a little bit now about Home Assistant. And that, that had been a very, very popular program. We're going to spend, you've got a bunch of stuff coming in. Um, I've been dabbling, you know, Home Assistant really took me back to Unraid. If there was anything, like, I was using Unraid, but I really had no reason to use it, except, no, I didn't have a reason to use it. Land Cache was the, was a great application, but that by itself wasn't enough. And then we got into Home Assistant. It's like, this is super cool. As I've been buying more drives, I've been dropping down my, kind of the lower drives that I have. The older ones have been going to Unraid. You just, you mentioned that just a second Mm -hmm. ago. I'm kind of using some shoddy drives. Well, the I have a um, I have a, a Fujitsu uh, Synergy 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 box that I've had for a long time. Core i3 540. It's an old box, good power, works perfect for Unraid, but getting in and out of that box has been kind of a nightmare. So I tried to get IC Doc to send me one of these to review, and they wouldn't. So I ended up buying it. So screw you, Icy Doc. <laughs> but um, I did pick up one of their uh, the, the for three and a half inch drives. It's three bays in a two bay slot uh, that the box that I have is a two, five and a half inch bay slot. So it'll be perfect for that. Um, I really expected the doors to be on the, on the very front, but they're kind of in a ways. And so the drives <laughs> stick out a little bit when you put it on there. I'm kind of used to there being a cover on it. Um, I think this was 45 so not terribly expensive. These things run 90 to 150 depending upon which one that you buy. But um, it's got a little fan control on the front, uh, this side maybe, over here. A little fan control on the front, controls the fan in the back. You can th- see three SATA ports on this side, two power on that. Pretty standard for IC dock if you're, if you're doing those. Hot swappable, so you can pull those drives. That was, Mike, really what I wanted. It was, I, want, I didn't want to have to yeah. bust into that box. Like
1: I have to do. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. a pain
0: in the butt. <laughs> yeah, so I, I want to leave the... Uh, so the OS is running off of the flash drive, mm-hmm. right? So I have to mess with that. Yep. I have an SSD cache that's inside an IC dock container that's sitting in a in a in a slot. I want a parity drive that I don't want to move around a lot, but yeah, I, I want. Then I'm going to put the data drives in here, so I have I, I have easy Perfect. access to them. Yeah, kind of going forward. So. That'll be, that's kind of my, over the next week or two, that's kind of the work I'm, I'll be bringing some of those drives down, pulling some of the old drives, because I have some really crappy laptop drives in there now. Most of them are failing their smart health, you know, I'm getting the yep. thumbs down in the, in the, uh, in the dashboard for them. You picked up some new gear though. What'd you get for your home assistant stuff?
1: I did. And this was something you guys might remember. We talked about this a while ago. I was trying to look back at when I ordered this, but I ordered, I talked to you guys about the really cheap Zigbee USB hub and motion sensors that I ordered from AliExpress. So I ordered those man beginning of December, I think. And they just came this last week. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's AliExpress, right? You got to wait a month, but uh, for a typical for the same USB hub on Amazon's forty dollars, I got it for four dollars off AliExpress. Um, you know, and this stuff isn't internet connected. Now I know there's all ways that could be Chinese crap, but I don't think I don't think these are. I'll say I think I think they're pretty good. Um, but for four dollars, I got the USB stick and stuck that on the Unraid box, passed it through to the VM of Home Assistant. So that gives you now you have access to that USB stick has a Zigbee radio on it. So that is what you need to use Zigbee devices with home assistant. You can plug that thing into a Raspberry Pi, whatever you want to do. Um, So I I plugged that in and I also ordered, uh, I have a third one on the way. Aqara, A-Q-A-R-A, Aqara, um, and they are motion sensors. So Aqara makes a lot of Zigbee devices. And Jim, I actually thought of you because I'm like, oh, man, if Jim gets the $4 stick, they also have the little humidity temperature monitor. Throw that in your humid humidor for your cigars, and you could plug that into yeah, home assistant. Using, like, candles. For my candle. Or sorry, yeah, for your candles, your candle holder. Um, and make sure the humidity is not melting your candles. Um, and, and then you could exactly. plug that into home assistant. Yeah. And man, even more so, if you got like some sort of humidifier that could activate when the humidity got below, I oh mean, all sorts of possibilities there. I like it. But uh, but anyway, so got it up and working. I tell you, this is the cheapest, best way, and it adds so much functionality that I didn't know I needed into Home Assistant. But let me give you an example of why it especially solved an issue for me. Um, so these right here. These have been my favorite thing in the world. What are they? These are the TP Link Casa smart switches. So this is you replace your wall switch with one of these. Now I know Jim, this doesn't work for you or anyone who doesn't have a common wire. um, But if you have a home that has a common wire, I have gone crazy with these things. These are now all over the house and essentially think of it as it. Now your light switch has um, smart capabilities. So you'll be able to turn on, turn off from your phone, from a lady from home assistant. And I, all of a sudden Jim ended up, I have so many extra hue bulbs now because I had had hue bulbs in my ceiling or in lamps that were controlled by manual switches. And that's how I was getting smart. I even had them up in light fixtures. And now that I've put this on the wall, you know, there were some of my places where the fixture had three hues in it. And now I can replace those with just the cheap LEDs. I pulled the hues out and because now it's all just controlled via the switch. Um, so, so I've gone crazy with these. So these are great when you are pushing an action to them. So saying turn on, turn off, it happens instantaneously. Um, What isn't instantaneous with these is polling their state. Mm -hmm. So if you tap this on the wall, It takes the polling rate in Home Assistant. I don't know what it is for everything else. It might, you know, if you're using some other system. For Home Assistant, the poll is 30 seconds. So you don't know, and it pulls every 30 seconds. So it could be a maximum of 30 seconds before Home Assistant knows that this has changed. Now, like I said, pushing an action to it, if I say turn on, it turns on automatically. But knowing if you've changed it on the wall via the switch itself, it won't know for up to 30 seconds. Well, the way I had this set up, Jim, was you guys know my basement is unfinished. And all of my lights down here are, you know, a few of them are on a switch. A few of them were pull strings. So I wanted the ability to, when I walk down the stairs, we have a, um, what do they call it? A three pole switch where you can turn it on on and off in two locations. Yeah. Yeah, Three three way way switch. switch. So I have one of those on my stairs. And what I wanted to do was when I flip the switch at the top of the stairs for it to via home assistant, via one of these switches, turn on all the lights in the basement. Well, we figured out that 30 seconds was just too long. You would turn it on, you'd walk downstairs, and you'd be walking around in the dark for another 15, 20 seconds before they would turn on. Um, so, I mean, it worked. And for turning off, it's fine because when you leave the basement, you walk up the stairs, you hit it, and you don't care if it's another 30 seconds before they turn off as long as they turn off, but it's the turning on. So I added one of these little Aquara motion sensors. And the motion sensors, by the way, were $13 from AliExpress. Go ahead and get those from Amazon, though, because they're only like 16 to $19. Dollars. So yeah, you're going to pay 3 $5 more, but you don't have to wait a month for them. Um, so the Acara ones are on Amazon, but I would just get the, the USB hub. If you can wait a month, get the the hub for 4 bucks compared to $40 on Amazon. Um, but the motion sensor teamed right up and it is, instantaneous. So I put it right by the stairs. So as soon as you start to walk down the stairs, all the lights in the basement turn on. And the other place I put this, that I was really nice. So I started to think in terms of, okay, I, it drives me nuts seeing lights on around the house. Like I am a true dad now because I get so upset when lights are left on. Um, but it's, it's no one's fault, right? I'm guilty of leaving the lights on all the time. So I'm starting to see, okay, in what areas could I have lights turn on and then turn off? when motion is not even sensed anymore because these sensors, you know, they sense occupancy and while there's movement, while there's movement and then when there's not movement, um, that can also be a trigger. So our laundry room was the other place I put one of these. So again, I put one of these switches in the laundry room for our overhead light. And as soon as you walk into the laundry room, it turns on you're doing your work, doing your work. And the laundry room is a perfect place for this because there's no time where you're sitting in the laundry room, not doing anything and the light's going to turn off on you and you need to like do that awkward, like, hey, I'm still in here. Like some of our offices do at work. Um, so you walk in, it senses you, turns on. And then as soon as it senses no motion anymore, it turns it back off. So our now our, our laundry room light can just turn on and off. So, you know, one of these switches, which these Kaza switches, you can get on a really good deal sometimes on Amazon. I think I got the lowest I got them for was like 14 bucks mm-hmm. per switch. So not bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 14 bucks, motion center of 14 bucks. So if you think about it for, you know, $30 a room, you can have motion with your light if you have an overhead light, which, which isn't too bad. I mean, now I think of this in energy cost savings. That's gonna take a long time with LED lights. Oh, so right it's on. probably not saving me much money in terms of, that but it's just kind of convenient not having your lights not having to do that and especially in a laundry room you're obviously you're walking in a long time with a basket full of laundry just to have that light turn on basement for me was just one of those convenience things Um, so those motion sensors are good the next place i'm going to put the third one is our son wakes up a lot in the middle of the night and runs into our room and it's all dark throughout the house. And he doesn't know kind of he's he's kind of scared the middle of the night he wants through. So I'm going to put one right outside his room that'll just turn the, the hallway lights on just like a little bit. Because now with all those hue lights, I was able to put them in places that I didn't have them before. So nice. our hallway now has all hues. Um, so those can just turn on just a little bit, just to give him enough light so he's not, you know, bumping into things in the middle of the night. Um, and then the final one will be in our kitchen, and you know, all of these are condition based. So uh, in the middle of the night, I'm gonna maybe have it start at 10 p.m. till 5 p.m. If we walk into the kitchen at night, uh, just turn the lights on just a little bit, just enough to let us, you know, get that midnight snack mm-hmm. and and then turn it back off when you walk out. So nothing life changing, but just little tweaks that make life like ah. That's, That's
0: kind of nice. cool. I like it that. Nice. I love the the ability to kind of say, "Hey, if it comes on during this time, bring it up." It, now the light has to be able to support this, but bring it up to this level. But if it's during this time, bring it up to this level. Yep. And so you get some right. You get some of those kind of conditional formatting things on them to say, "Yeah, hey, put this here, put that there." You know, we've got a couple lights that as soon as it gets dark, they come on over the cat litter box. Like we want the cats to have light. The front door, Sarah loves having a light. We have a, our front door has a big piece of glass, you know, a big piece of like stained glass in the front of it. She likes to light that up. So you, you want to turn on the light on the inside, not the outside, but on the inside where we put Govee sensor lights on the outside. She always has. And so I just have those come on, you know, at dusk they come on at dawn, they go off and they're just on all the time. It's an led light. So like I'm 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 totally okay with that. You know, one of the things you know I tried to install those switches and didn't have very good luck. But uh so one of the ways I'm gonna get around that is I purchased the you know the the uh not uh casa I guess it's casa, right? This is a casa switch. Um and I I bought, you know, when I bought those Amazon um echo flexes oh, this, oh yeah the flexes, you know, you can get those add-on components to it. And one of the add-ons is a motion sensor. So I I had the motion sensor light. I was going to use it for something else and it ended up not working for it. So I'm going to put that in the garage and uh, put this down at the end. And I just purchased a little $11 LED light that'll go up on the ceiling. And when it senses most motion in the garage, it'll come on. And then, you know, the garage isn't one of those places where you want to leave only motion sensing on, because you've been working on something and then it doesn't sense motion and the lights go off when you're in there. Yep. So in the garage, you don't want just motion. You want motion plus is kind of what I'm going to call it. The ability to turn a light on and leave it on. So what's the situation? We're coming out the door. Okay, the motion sensor is right there. It needs to turn a light on so someone can see for the time that they're in there. Yet we have a main garage light. I bought one of those ones that kind of looks like a spaceship, you mm-hmm. know, anything, right? Well, that's on a switch. That one I do want, I'm not going to, I, uh, initially I was going to put that on, you know, uh, a, a, a smart device, but I'm kind of like, nope, actually, I want that one higher to hardwired. If we're going to be in the garage, turn the switch on. When you leave, turn it off. That, that's right. kind of the manual. Otherwise the motion will cover this. And I can also control that that one light with the, you know, the assistance, if yep. I wanted. I can create. So I'm actually kind of doing two lights in the garage that way. One that's like, Hey, no, I'm going to be working in here and I want this thing to stay on and I don't want it to be connected. And one is I need enough light so I don't trip on the, I just you know, need to
1: walk trip. out there, get something, come right back in.
0: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It took me a long time to figure that out. Like I was, you know, what do I want to do and how do I want to do this? And so I had an extra plug. Ordered an eleven dollar LED light from from Amazon, and uh, and took the flex out there, and so now we that's that smart. Work. Yeah. So yeah,
1: yeah, that that's a great setup, and I agree with you on the motion thing. You don't want to be sitting out there. That's where I started to play in Home Assistant. You can have um, conditions where you can set a qualifier of time. So hey, if it's gone to no motion for five minutes because I'm likely not to sit perfectly still for five minutes. Right. Or whatever you want to set that time frame for. So not like, Hey, there's no motion anymore. Turn it off. It's like, Hey, no, there's no motion. And that stays in that state for X period of time. I'm probably not there anymore. Turn the lights off. Um, you know, in the living room or in the laundry room, I actually don't care too much. Even if you're in there being still, maybe you're folding something. It's not sensing you. Um, it's going to, it does turn off right back away, but then it will turn right back on. If you just move. So so not our in our laundry room is pretty small. So you can trigger pretty easily. But I, I just like all that connectivity. And, and Joe asked in the chat, the polling rate for Zigbee. For me, it's been instantaneous. So I think the problem with Casa is it can push right away. But for polling, it's polling from the cloud. I'm pretty sure from the cloud state of the device. Uh, or it's just the way the integration is written for... The uh for Home Assistant, that's probably actually more likely. And so I think maybe it can't, you know, pull from the API more than every 30 seconds or else it gets locked out. So that that's the only issue. But ZigBee's all local. That's the thing I really love about ZigBee, Jim, is there's no cloud component to all this. There's nothing. It's like a hub and a device, and they pair directly, and that was it. There's no internet. It's not Wi-Fi. It's just ZigBee. And it could not have been easier to get set up in Home Assistant. There's, I think, two... Um, I will tell you guys, if you go my route and you do the hub from AliExpress or really any hub, and then you do the Aquara stuff, don't just do the, there is a Zigbee integration Uh, that may work for you depending on which stick you get. It didn't work for me. There's a better way to kind of do it with two different um, add-ons from the add-on store. So again, this would be another reason why you would need the VM version right? If I was running this knock, you don't get the add-on store. Uh, But you get the... You have to add a repository and get Zigbee to MQTT and then an MQTT broker and just run those two. It sounds a lot more complicated than it is. It's super simple. You just plug those two in uh, and it gets to work. But man, I've just been like... Those little things are just huge. I am so used to now just when I pull up to my house, the garage door just magically opens. Like that has still been my favorite automation. Cause even when Hannah's in the car with me, she's like, oh, that is kind of cool. Cause like I'll get in <laughs> her car, we drive and we pull up and it just opens. And uh, it's, it, I love it. And all those little things just kind of add up to have a really cool experience.
0: They do. They do. When they don't work, they're kind of maddening though.
1: That's oh, they, they were. Do. Well, yeah. Cause the, uh, the MyQ garage door, MyQ is trying to lock down their API. And so there's actually a little backdoor trickery now cuz they they remove they keep removing the access and then Home Assistant cool people keep finding a way around it. Um so it disconnected for one. I was like no well that's like literally one of my favorite features. So yeah. but instantly in the Discord, Home Assistant has their own Discord. All the guys were just like, "Hey, try this. This is what we're doing." And they just found a way, to, "Hey, add this line to your code and you're back up and running." A
0: really cool community over there on Home Assistant. Do you have a security camera in your garage? Uh, I do. Brian? Ryan says he recently bought a wise cam three for my garage. Good for security, but also to double check that I closed the door after leaving. That is
1: the number one reason I pulled that camera. Yes. Yeah. One of my cameras is literally just to see if I have closed the garage door.
0: I have a Z Moto pivot out in the garage so it'll move around. It's really an overkill for what I do in the garage too, but it is one of those gives me notifications during the day. If like I'm more worried about I left the garage door open and someone Someone's in the garage. Like, yeah. that's what I'm worried about. So, um, so I have that out there. It works pretty well. It doesn't integrate with anything. Zmodo has chosen not to be a good partner a lot of times with a lot of that stuff. So, um, so, and it's primarily their older stuff. I don't know about their newer stuff, if it does or not, but that has worked out uh pretty well to have that in there, To You can, I can just jump in the app kind of say like you said like did i <laughs> yep. did, I, did I close that before i le- you know before i left so.
1: and that's another way with home assistant so ours actually i have it set now if the garage door is open for more than 10 minutes it lets us know it sends us a push notification to Hannah's phone and my phone saying hey the garage door's been open for 10 minutes a good little reminder and then also at 11 p.m. every night if it's if it's open it'll close it So I do have some backup things of like, okay, 11 o'clock, if it's open, it's going to close that door, which is nice.
0: Well, and this, Brian says, I've driven two miles down the road. He can't shake that feeling. Like, did I?
1: We're the same way. That's why we did the push notification. Because every time we leave for a vacation, we end up pulling up the camera app and checking if we close the garage door. So now we just know because it'll notify us if, uh, hey, oh yeah, we did leave it
0: open. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, and... Uh, I was, I normally, you know, I do the old school sneaker, sneaker net method. The garage is just that way. Like it's just, it's on my way upstairs. I have to pass by the garage door. So my routine at night is I go to the door, open it, (laughs) look, (laughs) oh, it's okay. It's closed. Close the door. I just do that automatically. So I haven't really, it, that hasn't been in, especially during pandemic times. I don't, not really going anywhere that much. So that those kinds of things, that camera actually went down for a couple of weeks, and I didn't know it because I I didn't I just don't use it that much right yeah. now. But now that I'll be driving, I'll be going back into work here in the next couple of weeks on a more regular basis. So be good to have that. Uh, be good to have that for just that reason.
1: I love those uh, smart plugs you talked about too. I use those everywhere. I actually set up now in Home Assistant too, and you could do this via A-Late or anything. But uh, Thursday nights, seven thirty these studio lights turn on, my LED strip turns on, the shop light cuz I have an overhead light here turns off cuz I keep that off while we podcast. So it just I come down and now the the studio's set for podcasting. It actually did the last two Thursdays is how I was like, "Oh yeah. I, normally I podcast, I would come down here and like, why are these lights?" I'm like, "Oh, it's it's Thursday at 7:30 uh, and now the lights are all set."
0: Well, everybody knows I've got that auto tweet that goes out that says, "Hey, Home Gadget Geeks tonight regardless of whether we have one or not." I actually got into IFTTT and shut it off. Like, I, I got guilted enough. I think Brian Hour said to me, is this actually going to be real tonight? And I was like, no. So I think like, that's a good reminder. I should go and, and, uh, and shut that down. So there can be times when that automation bites you, right? Um, I have my studio lights just voice activated because I do different podcasts during the day. And I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I, I guess I could turn them on at 645 or whatever. I don't know. But I just say, hey, lady, you know, turn on my studio lights. Good enough for me in what I do. The see, the great thing about this is you can customize this to do anything you want. Yeah, right, You know?
1: Yeah, there was one guy who he used because Home Assistant now has the ability to use NFC tags. So he has a one place. He has a stand that he puts his phone on. And so he does it for when he comes into work in the morning. So he in his home office. so he sets his phone in that and all of a sudden his office transforms into like work mode. He even has it where music starts playing that his like his coding music, the lights turn to their different levels. He has automatic shades and so the shades open up to let sun in. Um, really cool. that's kind of the, I would love I just, I have the old school shades that you know aren't on the string, but man automatic shades would be. Awesome. We are constantly, we're the type that we're just always adjusting our shades. Uh, we live on a corner lot. And so people can just see into like every one of our windows. So at night we're always adjusting them. Uh, I would love to, those are expensive though, but that would be a really cool next step for the home automation.
0: Um. All right. I think we, I oh mean, that's a lot of stuff. We just kind of plowed through it. Anything mm-hmm. else? Anything else over the break that uh, you're thinking of that's worth sharing? No, the home assistant stuff is just stuff I've been
1: nerding out on. And there's just always so much more that you... Oh, yes. The other thing I was talking about was um, scenes. If you haven't played with scenes in home assistant, really cool. So if you're like me, when I first got into this, like (laughs) I have a nighttime automation and it turns off lights. I was individually in the automation listing every single light I wanted to turn off. Well, first of all, you can group those. But secondly, you can just create a scene. And the cool part about the scene is go around and set everything like you want it. And then just go to the scene and say, capture the state of all these devices. And so you don't have to go in and say, this device is on, this device is off. Just set your house how you want it, or your living room, whatever scene you're making. And then go ahead and just say, hey, go capture these devices. That's the state I want them in when I say, go to this, quote, scene. So you can have a nighttime scene, a daytime scene, whatever you want. And then the other cool one I will say since I did put one of these on the fireplace, I haven't showed Hannah this yet. So don't tell her I do have a set the mood automation where the lights in the living room, turn off fireplace turns on and smooth jazz starts playing out of a lady. And it is the funniest thing. I just got it working the other day and it is, it's, it's perfect. I like
0: it. Yeah. I like it. Good. Keep the fire burning.
1: Yeah. Right. It's more of a joke. It's never going to work. I mean, Um, but, uh, but it's it's still a funny, you know, when the guys go like, "Hey, look at look what I can do," you know, and tell a lady to set the mood, and it's a
0: it's more of a a gag, but it's pretty yeah, good. It's still, you know, you're thinking you're thinking about. It. I know you sent you sent little flirtatious tweets or or I did. messages to her. So. Well,
1: and that automation is actually through a lady because I still do not have the connection between a lady and home assistant. But A-Lady can connect to all that same stuff. She can connect to smart switches. She can play her music. She can turn off lights. So uh, that automation is not even through Home Assistant.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that Amazon ecosystem is powerful. I mean, they they got a lot of good stuff going they on. They do. There. So you can, you don't, uh, if, you, if you're if you thinking, oh, man, I don't have the equipment to go into Home Assistant. You can, um, you can use, and if you've got some, you know, uh, Echo devices, you can do it that way. Um, if you got older Echo devices, you might want to check on the Amazon website. You can actually trade those in or trade them up for for newer stuff if you want to go that route. This time of the year, I'm always seeing like I saw um the the Show Fives for forty four bucks forty four ninety nine. Dang, that's good. So it's a great way. You know, we use the heck out of ours in the kitchen. I mean, that thing is just just worn out. In fact, I kind of wish I had a bigger one that was in there. So. Get some opportunities, you know, to purchase some things if you're, if you're so inclined and, uh, and lots of compatibility. Mike, anything else? No. couple of reminders uh, for folks on the way out one. Uh, I played them early, but I'll play it again. Big thanks to our Patreon supporters. And uh, we're scrolling on screen. If you're watching the video, we're scrolling on screen. Those of you who are uh, $5 or more supporters, if you want to, if you want to support us and kind of some of the things that we're doing here, uh, help buy all this crazy equipment that I buy some of the time, uh, Average Guy stuff, you can uh, head out to TheAverageGuy.tv slash Patreon and get signed up there. Sign up for the $5 plan. I have a little, uh, a little 3D printed coin that Ron put together for us. And uh, we'll get that mail to you here in the United States. If you want to join us in the Discord group, and man, the home, the home, uh, the smart home group has been uh, doing pretty well. It's not too, one of the things I like, Mike, about our Discord, it's not too chatty. Like, yeah, it's chatty, true. but it's not too chatty. Like, I can, I can walk away from it from a couple days and don't feel like I have to come back to the Magna Carta, right? It's just kind of like, yep. like, so if you're looking for a group that's kind of kind and um, not too much, head out to our Discord group, the slash Discord. If you want to leave us a message, this is something new that Mike and I have been trying. I'll pimp this for the next couple months, but Head out to HomeGadgetGeeks.com. And uh, in the bottom right-hand corner, it's just a little microphone, click it, record a message for us. Maybe you have a question, a comment, some feedback, whatever. We'd love to hear your voice. HomeGadgetGeeks.com. That's a recent change. And uh, we'd love to have your uh, voicemail messages. You can send me an email, Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv. Follow me on Twitter at Collison at tech for that guy that's over there. And then, of course, I want to remind you, TheAverageGuy.tv, both web and media hosting, powered by Maple Grove Partners. Get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from people that you know and you trust. And of course, you know, that's Christian. MapleGrovePartners.com. He just pinged me the other day and said, Hey, we got a new Home Gadget Geeks listener on board. And so I appreciate you guys using Christian for that. Plans start as little as 10 bucks, and he can do just about anything. He's the smartest
1: guy in the world.
0: And uh, he can fix anything too. He's he's pretty incredible about that. Um, we had had uh, the site was kept going up and down. The averageguytv kept going up and down. he can figure it out for the longest time. He's been kind of busy too. So I was like, hey, don't worry about it. Just you know, reboot it. It'll be fine. Then he he the other day is like, ah, I finally found it. He goes, I we were writing a log file to a spot that wasn't big enough. It was a temporary thing I'd set up a while ago. And, uh, and just forgot about it. And so we've got you back on the right stuff. So um, we're, we're back and, and awesome. So Christian, thanks for all the work uh, that you are doing there. And then, of course, I mean, I'd be remiss if we didn't m- mention Hello Fresh. Um, You just, you got, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say it. You got to try something new. Okay? This is year 2021 If you're not, if you're eating for calories and not for enjoyment, like, Mike, every meal now, like we made shepherd's pie last night. Now, it's, I think it's, it's not, shepherd's pie is made with lamb, but we made it with beef. They call it something else, pub, pub pie. I don't know, something like that. And it's a contest now to see who can make the most delicious dinner at our house. You know, I'm cooking, Sarah's cooking, Sammy's helping, like we're doing these kinds of things. And that's all because of HelloFresh. That's all because we've been trying different recipes and they kind of teach you how to do it. So if you're kind of bored, you know, you're kind of bored with it. Like, dinner. if dinner's boring, it's time. Now, Mike, little kids, it gets a little challenging with HelloFresh. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. We loved it. And again, it was just the kids' aspect that made it tough because we were still having to make a whole another meal for them. Uh, so yeah, it was like, oh, here's the way tough. around
0: that. Like, order order the two meal, two people. Cause there's going to be two nights you're going to feed them fish sticks or, or they're going to get corn dogs or they're going to get, uh, yeah. hot dogs. Right. I mean, make that for you and feed them hot dogs. Right. <laughs> right. Mac and cheese. Right. Pizza. Like, yeah. Let them, like, you know, let them, they, you, you can, you know, throw a frozen pizza in there for them. And then you cook something good for yourself. There you go, and and it's exactly what you need. It's not too much. It's you use it all. It's gone. You don't. You're not. You're not having to buy. Not having to go to the grocery store and buy a whole bunch. Like when you buy celery, you're basically buying a whole field of celery these days. Like if you go to the <laughs> store, you're like, yeah, it's like a bundle of celery. Yeah, and you're like, ah, I'm never going to use all this kind of thing, and so they send you exactly what they need. Um, so give it a try. The AverageGuy.tv slash HelloFresh. We are live every Thursday p.m. Central Eastern. We'll do a little post-show, a little crypto conversation in the post-show. We talked about it in the pre-show, but maybe you didn't join us. Uh, we'll we'll spend a little crypto conversation. We haven't done that in a long time, and crypto prices are ridiculous. Um, by the way, if you head out to TheAverageGuy.tv slash Patreon, I also post the full show out there for everybody. So if you can't find it on YouTube, it's always on our Patreon page, The average guy. We'll spend a little time talking crypto. With that, we'll say goodbye,